0: Listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network.
1: It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement.
0: Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Whitney City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WhitneyCitySlam.com and the host of Whitney City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in to episode number 193. There's lots of local wrestling to talk about, including Shelly the Bob Shell Benson winning her third championship with perhaps her biggest victory to date. C Red makes an emotional farewell gesture at C3 Ultimate Wrestling, and Missa Kate gets another notch on her belt at Second Wrestling. Plus, it's Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory weekend. And we welcome back to the show, but for the first time as a full-fledged main guest, the Podcast Papa, representing the lovely intoxicated men, PX, ax Pat Ackerman, and he'll help us recap Rocket Pro Wrestling's Darkness Falls and much more. Get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC, Fred the Clown here. And you are watching or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. friend the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Well, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. <laughs> Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates to fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com.
1: Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are as rudely, and you're listening to the... Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday.
0: Oh wait, I've been on this like five times, I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast, check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. Back here on Windy City Slam podcast, and coming up this weekend in the Chicagoland area... It's Bound for Glory weekend at Cicero Stadium in Cicero, just a few miles south and west of downtown Chicago. And starting off with the main event, Saturday night, October the 21st, Impact's Bound for Glory, and the top of this card is extraordinary. It's it's absolutely amazing. And we're going to have the main event for the Impact World Championship. Alex Shelley defends against... Josh Alexander, the walking weapon. And about 14 or so months ago, these two faced off at Emergence at Cicero Stadium. And the roles were reversed. Josh Alexander was the champion. Alex Shelley was the challenger. Josh Alexander retained in a classic affair. This one should be no different. In fact, maybe even better. And now Alex Shelley is the champion. And Josh Alexander never lost a title in the ring. It was an injury that forced him to vacate that belt. So both guys have something to prove in this match, and it's always a good thing when you have a main event championship match to have both guys kind of with a chip on their shoulder. And then, and if that match isn't going to be a match of the year candidate, maybe this one will. We have Will Ospreay with Don Callis at his side, taking on Speedball Mike Bailey, Both of these guys are tremendous wrestlers, and Speedball, probably one of the most unheralded great superstars of this business over the last year and a half or so, and he's been terrific in impact wrestling. He had a great match with Josh Alexander last year. He was the holder of the X Division Championship for a very long time, and what is there not to say about Will Ospreay? I mean, world championship material everywhere he goes. Former Warrior Wrestling Champion, the guy's amazing, and this match is going to be even more amazing. For the Impact X-Division Championship, Chris Sabin defends against Kenta. Should be a very technical slash hard-hitting affair. It's going to be really, really good. And this is one I'm really looking forward to. It's the Impact Wrestling Knockouts World Championship. Trinity defends the title against Mickey James, and I mentioned briefly last week, Chicago, very friendly to Mickie James, as she did win the WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 22 at Allstate Arena back in 2006 when she defeated Trish Stratus. And Mickie James, about a 20-year veteran now, and she's just still kicking ass and taking names. Trinity doing some of her very best work. This should be a terrific matchup, and I would not be surprised to see Chicago pulling for Mickie James once again. And then there's the Collier Shot Gauntlet, a 20-person intergender gauntlet battle royal. The winner receives a trophy and a contract they can invoke anytime time within one year for a championship match of his or her choosing. Always something cool coming out of this match, and you get a couple of former Windy City Slam podcast guests participating in this one, including Dirty Dango and Eric Young. And then for the Impact World Tag Team Championship, the Rascals, Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz, defend against Ace Austin and Chris Bay. That's another absolutely terrific match, and it could be a main event on any card anywhere. And then it's the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championship, M.K. Ultra of Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich, who's also the AAW Women's Champion, defend against the team of Diana Perrazzo and Tasha Steeles. And then we have a four-man, or should I say a four-monster, Monsters Ball match, PCO against Rhino, against Steve Macklin, against Moose. Impact's really bringing the heat to Chicago for Bound for Glory. There should be a few tickets left, so don't miss out on Impact Wrestling's biggest event of the year, Bound for Glory at Cicero Stadium in Cicero, Saturday night, October the 21st. But, if you thought that was all that was happening this weekend for Impact Wrestling, you're wrong. Sunday, there will also be a Lucha Libre celebration as part of Bound for Glory Fallout. Sunday, October the 22nd, you're going to see Lucha legends such as Conan, Juventud Guerrera, Chicago's own Samurai Del Sol, Black Tortoise, and Laredo Kid the Lucha Libre celebration kicks off at 5 o'clock with Impact's first ever Lucha Fiesta, where a very limited number of fans will get exclusive access inside Cicero Stadium to a Q&A with all the luchadors on the show, commemorative numbered collectibles, autograph and meet and greet opportunities, and a traditional Fiesta Feast with homemade tacos, rice, beans, and more. And we talk about Mexican food, that's the area to get it from in the Chicagoland area. Cicero, Burrowin, a lot of good Mexican feasts in that area. And this Lucha Fiesta is $100 and tickets are on sale right now at ShopImpact.com. Should be a fun weekend for Impact Wrestling. And thanks to Ross Foreman for always keeping me in the know with Impact Wrestling and arranging some of the great interviews we've had over the years with Impact Talent. All right, local wrestling, we had a ton of news to report on this past weekend. Friday night, October the 13th, Chicago-style wrestling presents Demon Night at the American Legion in Franklin Park. And these results, courtesy of Sean Lennon of PWE Report. And there's also some videos out there, too, roaming around of some of these great matches. And for your CSW Women's Championship, Shelly the Bombshell Benson, pin Sierra to win the championship after an unprettier. And this was the main event. and The reaction to this was absolutely amazing. Shelly now has three championships, including CSW, Fusion, and the Zawa Empress title. And the, the people rushing the ring to celebrate, even Vic Capri doing a little bit of a milkshake in the ring was hilarious. And congratulations to Shelly Benson. And within two years... She has become a main event player in Chicago and professional wrestling. Congratulations once again to Shelly. Also on this show for the CSW Championship, Conan Lycan defeats Mecha Wolf after a 450 splash. In the mixed tag team match, we had Joey Jen Avalon and Missa Kate defeating the Devils team of Gangrel and Heather Reckless. The CSW Tag Team Championship match was postponed due to Ryan Matthews' injury. Instead, we had Marco Anthony and Sean Mulligan defeating Big Mood of Mateo Valentine and Jack Moody. Big Mood was supposed to get the shot at Team Sexay, but obviously Ryan Matthews has an injury. He also missed his match at Rocket Pro Wrestling. So obviously it's not a work. He's got a little bit of an injury and best of luck to Ryan and hopefully he'll be back very, very soon. And then we have a four-way elimination match for the number one contendership to the CSW Championship. And the interesting wrinkle is this. We have the champion Conan Lycan who is part of the Hatekeepers, And all four men in this match are Hatekeepers. And in this match, the winner ended up being Shane Hollister as he defeated Solomon Tupu, a.k.a. Uncle T, Jay Marston, and Shane Boucher. A scramble match saw superstar Steve Boz defeat Marche Rocket, Cody James, Adam Stallion, Jax Johnson, and Eric Schultz to win a spot in the Ring of Destiny match next month. And then we had Rafael Quintero kind of continue his momentum, his big role, as he defeats J.J. Garrett. And in a women's match, we had Maggie Lee defeating Amina Belmont. In a really fun trios match, we had the ice pick, Vic Capri, Cypher, and Mario Pardua defeating the trio of Hades X1X, Doom Montgomery, and CSW Metro Division Champion, Iniestra. Saturday, October the 14th, we had C3 Ultimate Wrestling's The Amazing World in Crown Point, Indiana. And these results are courtesy of Jamie Salmons via C3 Ultimate Wrestling. Thank you to both Jamie and C3 Ultimate for all of these details. We have Atlas J. Horn defeating Kenny Nye via a ref stoppage. And then after Horn made quick work of Kenny 9, he expressed his frustrations with Classic Alpha and reminded him that he defeated Classic before. Angered by Atlas' actions, Classic Alpha challenges Atlas J. Horn to a rematch next year. Atlas smiles and accepted. And then Vega Venom defeats the C3 Women's Champion Renee Van Peebles, RVP, to become the number one contender for her championship. The C3 urban culture champion Marcelo Spade knocks off Tony Thunder in a highly competitive match. Afterward, a mysterious figure reappears and lays out Thunder. And then in a triple threat affair, we had Mike Valentine defeating Mike Strong and Johnny CK. And Valentine's tactics did not fare well with the fans. And then we had Jackson Stampede Larkin defeating the Kang, Miles Mercer. Now, at the beginning of the show... Mercer puts the blame on Larkin for losing the C3 Ultimate Wrestling Championship. Little did he know that C-Red had Larkin listen to what Miles said about him via his cell phone. They came out as a group, but when Red announced who Miles' opponent was, Larkin let him have it. It was just a great back-and-forth match, and I really enjoy both of these guys, Larkin and Mercer, and they're both former Windy City Slam podcast guests, and if you want to check out their episodes... They are available now in the archives. And then in tag team action, we had the spirit of Detroit defeating Legit to become the new tag team champions. And Legit tried everything to hold on to these titles that they've held on for a long time, including a countout and a disqualification. However, Kevin Young Sr. would restart the match each time because there needed to be a definitive winner. And what could be considered a match of the year... Spirit of Detroit prevails and wins the titles. And then that boils over into the Battle Royal for the C3 Ultimate Championship as D'Angelo Steele outlasts everybody to become the new C3 Ultimate Wrestling Champion. After losing the tag team titles, JPH and Steele got into it, which initiated this Battle Royal. Everybody came out it began... And then with the crowd being shocked that the ARC members would eliminate each other, the final two in the match were C-Red and D'Angelo Steele. And in C-Red's final act, his farewell act in C-3 Ultimate Wrestling, he eliminates himself so his son could enjoy becoming the champion we knew he should be. Wow. C-Red a.k.a. Grandpa in some respects, the father figure, the legendary wrestler manager, C-Red, putting over D'Angelo still pretty cool moment. And C-Red is a class gentleman, no matter if you like him or you hate him because he's done good things and bad things throughout his entire career. But fantastic ending to C3 Ultimate Wrestling. And thank you again to Jamie Salmons, who you will see at some Shows in Northwest Indiana and in the Southland area of Chicago, taking pictures and doing some great things to promote Chicagoland wrestling. And Jamie, thank you so much for everything that you do. And we also had this past Saturday, October the 14th, Rocket Pro Wrestling presented Darkness Falls at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. And we will get the complete lowdown from this week's special guest, Pat Ackerman in just a few minutes. Now, moving on to Dreamwave Wrestling, which was also Saturday night, October the 14th, at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. And if you were wondering why you didn't see any of those damn coyotes at Rocket Pro Wrestling, they were at Dreamwave. And here are the results courtesy of Dreamwave Wrestling. Pre-show, we had Shelly the Bombshell Benson defeating Amina Belmont. On the main card, we had Wasted Youth defeating Zeke Zishi Enterprises LLC, Seduce and Destroy and Country Air to become the interim Dreamwave Tag Team Champions. And then we had the ice pick, Vic Capri, knocking off Warhorse In a four-way match, we had Maggie Lee knocking off Ivy Malibu, Shaza McKenzie, and Heather Reckless. And then in a one-on-one match, we had Hunter Holdcraft defeating the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross. In a blindfold handicap match, Hartenbauer defeats those damn Coyotes of Brooks Berna and Damian DeShane. One on two. Wow. And in the alternative division scramble match, and there was one substitution here, Richard Holiday ends up replacing Brian Keith. And coming out on top was Stephen Wolfe, who defeats Holiday, Connor Hopkins, Mike Bennett, and Davey Vega in an all-star match. And then for the Dreamwave Championship, we had Christian Rose retaining over Jason Hades, Coke Cabana defeats Eric Cannon in a battle of veterans. And in the main event for the Dreamwave Women's Championship, Brittany Brooks defeats the real deal Zeta Steele to become the first ever champion. Outstanding show once again for Dreamwave. And they're coming back with a double shot in early December with Friday night, December the 8th Uprising, which will be the first all-women's event in Dreamwave history. Featuring Emmy Sakura, Mia Yamashita, and much more, and then Saturday, December the 9th, Good as Gold with special guest, WWE Hall of Famer, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. GLCW and OVW superstars came to Burlington, Wisconsin for Burlington Brawl at the Karcher Middle School and the highlight match of the night, six-man grudge tag match. Al Snow, Cal Hero, and Iron Mike Kirkhoff of CBS 58 Milwaukee defeat the GLCW champion Backwoods Brown, former WWE star Doug Basham, and Drew Hernandez. Also Saturday night, October the 14th, ARW presented Harvest Moon at the American Legion in Lake Station, Indiana. These results courtesy of ARW on Facebook we had the Indiana State Championship as Dave Allen retains, defeating Mikey Peterson. ARW Tag Team Championship, Murder City Incorporated JC and Michael Morris, defeating the scumbag army of B.O.W. and Rat J. Flywheel to become the new champions. Muggsy James defeats V.J. Price, and after the match, Muggsy calls out Ivan Manson for a match at Black and Blue Wednesday, to which Manson accepted. And then we had what was called a Four Corners Box of Horrors match. The Workhorses defeat the Mash Brothers. Coming back from intermission, a video was shown confirming another match for Black and Blue Wednesday between Donovan Ruiz and Greg Glover. And in our next match, we had Judas Chavez defeating Josh Ennis. Joey Boom Boom intervened in a post-match attack by Judas, leading to a match being made between Judas and Boom Boom for Black and Blue Wednesday. Tag team action we saw the Freebirds defeat the Irish Mob. And then this leads to Youth Gone Wild and the rest of Scumbag Army assaulting the Freebirds after the match and a vicious attack on Buddy Roberts Jr. For the number one contender for the ARW Heavyweight Championship, the sharpshooter James Creed defeats Nick Diamond. And in your main event, the ARW Heavyweight Championship, JPH retains over Joshua Moon... After the match, Creed confronts JPH to make their match at Black and Blue Wednesday, and it will be a 30-man Iron Man match. And the never-ending rivalry between JPH and James Creed will continue the night before Thanksgiving, the biggest show of the year, Black and Blue Wednesday, at ARW on November the 22nd. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to... The Windy City Slam Podcast. Moving on to the highlights from the rest of the weekend, Sunday, October the 15th, Golly Mania in Waukegan. Big John Crowley, a two-time former Windy City Slam Podcast guest, defeats Dreambreaker Aaron Stone to win the Golly Discovery Championship and end Stone's long reign as Discovery Champion. And that reign included some impressive matches for Stone. And it finally comes to an end. My hat goes off to Aaron Stone for defending that title as well as the Rocket Pro Championship. The the guy's really, really good. And I I love Crowley too. He's an awesome guy. And also Sunday, October the 15th, Second Wrestling presented Technicolor Dream Wars at the Marvelous Sanctuary Studio in Wheeling. A couple of highlights from that show. The Second Wrestling Championship... Missa Kate knocks off Eric Cannon to win the second wrestling championship. Congratulations to Missa Kate on another notch in her belt, this time at second wrestling. And then for the Maxwell Street Heritage Championship, and I may have aired last week in saying who was the champion coming in, and I should be slapping myself, but Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi retains the title over Jackson Stampede Larkin, And poor Jason Midas was ejected during the match. And I feel bad for Jason because deep down, I know he's a good dude, even though he's a little unsavory at second wrestling. All right, coming up this weekend, we're going to run it down real quick. We have Thursday night, October the 19th, Brew City Wrestling presents a free show at the UWM Student Union in Milwaukee. Friday night, October the 20th, ICW Milwaukee presents Treehouse of Insanity at the Bar in West Allis. Saturday, October the 21st, Janesville Wrestling Alliance presents Super Pro Wrestling 18 at the Stock Pavilion in Janesville. And Saturday night, October the 21st, we have Southland Championship Wrestling, Hollow at the Steam Hollow Brewing Company, and they're going to be doing a tournament for the newly created Steam Hollow Championship. And also Saturday night, October the 21st, WCPW presents Love Runs Out at the Sycamore Park District in Sycamore. Expect to see former Windy City Slam podcast guest, Gavin Alexander. All right, in mere moments, we're going to talk rocket pro wrestling and so much more with the podcast papa, PX Pat Ackerman. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters. Do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross here, live at the Broadstop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at the Jordan Cross. I am the punk rock prince. Thank you. Right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast, and we welcome back to the show for the first time as a full-fledged main guest, the podcast papa, representing the lovely intoxicated men, PX, Pat Ackerman, and he's going to help us recap Rocket Pro Wrestling, Darkness Falls, and so much more. So, Pat, how you doing? I'm good, Mike. Voice is a little hoarse from the show yesterday,
1: still yelling at the idols. We'll get into that. Uh, But other than that, I am
0: good. How are you? I'm doing great. And we will definitely get into your little confrontation, little tête-à-tête with the world-famous, fabulous idols in a little bit. But we want to talk about the entire Rocky Pro Wrestling Darkness Falls card this past Saturday night, October the 14th, St. Joe's Park in Joliet. Another Full House SRO signs went out as the crowd was filling in, and it was another great show. So, Pat, why don't you walk us through?
1: Sure. So, the beginning of the show, Maximus Orion came out to address his match last month with Rion, and the... Uh, undeniable interfering in the form of the Ryan Matthews costing him hit the intercounty championship opportunity that he was presented with. Max called him out to the ring to ask him why he decided to intervene. Ryan came out. He didn't really. He kind of danced around it a little bit, but said that Maximus Orion was an Undertaker knockoff. And explanation came after. One of Maximus Orion's Fortnite streams, so if you're familiar, Maximus Orion runs the Sling Blade channel on Twitch, mm-hmm. where he regularly plays Fortnite every week and does have tend to have Rocket Pro Wrestling personalities on there. I've been on there myself. So it all came down to, from what Maximus Orion said, the Ryan Matthews was just upset that he sucked at Fortnite and Maximus Orion was so good at it. There was a sucks at Fortnite chant that started at the hairless cat as Maximus Orion called the Orion Matthews, and Maximus decided to start going after him, but was stopped by general manager Damien Saint. Now, Saint decided that he was, well, you're ready to fight, so let's bring out Damien Gray. So, of course, I went back to ringside to uh, see if he would sign my yearbook which was then shut in my face, hit the side of my cheek. So Damian Gray already coming out of the gate being a jerk. But you know an idols match? They cannot win a match clean to save their lives. So they were trying every trick in the book to try to get Maximus Orion to lose. But Maximus Orion wasn't having it. But then unexpectedly, a familiar gong rang out. At St. Joe's Park. And it was The Undertaker's music. However, The Undertaker did not come out. It was a person dressed as The Undertaker. But it turned out it was Eric Schultz of The Undeniable. <laughs> who distracted Max Miss Orion. Allowing Damian Gray to have a roll-up victory. Next, we had a Rocket Pro Wrestling Rocket to the Top briefcase qualifying match. With Skylar Reed the debuting flower child, Theo Strong, Eric Schultz, and rock star Johnny Nye. J-Beck, the paycheck came out with the undeniable and again tried to get the crowd to pledge their allegiance to general manager Damian Saint, saying even he loves you. If you remember last year at Darkness Falls, the Kings of Six in Skylar Reed and Devin August wound up having Michael Myers turn on them in the middle of their match. And as Skyler Reed was starting to get the advantage, Michael Myers came out again to go and chased Skyler Reed out of the building. Eventually, he was able to come back in, but still chased him out. And security wouldn't help him at all. But in the end, Eric Schultz won the match and will advance to the Rocket to the Top briefcase ladder match. And there was a little bit of dissension between Skyler and Jay Beck the Paycheck, as Skyler is an undeniable member. Mm-hmm. Next, we had the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels, versus the Space Cowboy, Stacey Alexander. It was a real back-and-forth match, and Damian Saint came out to try to get help Steve get the advantage back. Which was ultimately successful, and Steve Michaels defeated Stacy Alexander after Stacy Alexander passed out to the bear hug. Big boy, he is a behemoth of a man. I don't want to. I don't want a hug from Steve Michaels. I I I'd probably pass out within like five seconds.
0: Yeah, Easy. especially since he's part of the undeniable now, and he has his uh, rage about him since he's part of that group.
1: I mean, that, that bear hug, I can only imagine, has gotten even tighter and stiffer since then. Absolutely. But next we had for the RPW Inter-County Championship Number 1 Contenders match, we had three debuts. We had Bugs Moran, Jesus DeSafio, and Joseph Von Yeager versus Kevin Cade, who came out with who I'm going to call Joey Butthead, but you might know him as Joey Roth. And there was notably throughout the match, a lot of tension between Kevin Cade and the LIM. We started chanting a lot of stuff at them. And there were points where Joey Roth was starting to get really preoccupied. And I did notice there were points where he would just look between the ring ropes right at me. And I just stared back and thought of a clever one-liner and then he'd walk away and then realize that, Oh, Kevin Cade's, you know, He's hung up in in something. I better go distract him or cheat to win. You know, the entire time that was going on. But at one point, I did notice that he kind of had this idea on his face and a grin like crawled across his face. Like, you know, that scene in The Grinch It was Mm. a very devilish and concerning grin. That's for sure. Joseph Von Jaeger did win the match and is number one contender had a very good showing though. Rion skills, the inner County champion was at commentary in this match with Steve and C. So Red. my all three of the five of the power hour. But after the match came out from commentary to greet Joseph von Jaeger and congratulate him on his win, let him hold the title. Looked like he was giving up the title to him for a second and then kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> Rion, it's it's just the side of Rion we haven't seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, he's just downright mean now. I don't know what happened to that guy.
1: I mean, again, I think with what I can recall, he's trying to bring light to certain weird things that have been going on in Rocket Pro. It's a definitely unorthodox way to do it, but it seems like he has... A plan, but as that was all going on, it was also notable that Joey Roth and Kevin Cade were consulting at ringside, and then seemed to have pointed at the lim section, oh, and then at commentary. Kevin Cade looked at the lim section and did the slitting the throat with the thumb gesture, which I'm like, what does that mean? But in any case. Rian, welcome Joseph Von Jaeger to Rocket Pro Wrestling. After an omission, there was a video that was shown after last month's tag team title match, and TDC was arguing backstage about Christian Rose getting overly involved in their match and distracting them and costing them the title, and Christian was just claiming he was trying to help. But then Damien DeShane. Asked Christian Rose for a submission match, and that match has been made for Harvest Havoc. Next, we had the final Rocket to the Top ladder match between Devin August, Koalaksamana, Sam Knight, and Shogun Chris Logan. Michael Myers came out again to go after Skyler as the undeniable was trying to get an advantage again at ringside. Well, Khalees... Gave Michael Myers some lays as well.
0: <laughs> That's for awfully nice of her.
1: It was very nice. It was very nice. And Shogun got a beer as well. <laughs> as that was all going on, Koa speared Shogun and there was a party foul in the ring. Now, Devin August went on to the Rocket to the Top Ladder match. So the Rocket to the Top Ladder match, which is the main event of next month's show, will be Gunnar Brave, Eric Schultz, and Devin August. And one of those men will have a contract that will guarantee them an opportunity for the RPW Championship.
0: I'm going to go out on the limb right now, and I've been saying this for a while, ever since I knew Gunner was in the first qualifier last month. Mm-hmm. I'm riding with Gunner. Gunner got in. He qualified. I think Gunner ends up winning this rocket to the top briefcase and eventually going up against Aaron Stone on the line. That's just my prediction. I'm laying it on the line.
1: I mean, for me, I think the thing with that is like normally in a normal situation, my gut would say Gunner Brave. But there is an incredible X factor in the undeniable. Absolutely. Their numbers are growing. I mean, they've added the Chicago Bear hug back in April. Davison Sarai is now with them. Yep. Jay Beck seems to have this weird cultish relationship with Damian Saint. He started drinking the Kool Aid or eating the Thin Mints, whatever way you want to call it. But it is the numbers game going to overwhelm Gunnar Brave. It and is that's a factor. Yep. That that's going to be a real real factor in that
0: match. Absolutely. I I see what you're saying there, but I'm still going to stick to my gut and go Gunner Brave.
1: Now speaking of Gunner Brave, he had his match with Ezio Orlandi next.
0: Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Absolutely.
1: And Gunner came to the ring with it it seemed I think believe he came to the ring with an ice cream bar. But it in any case he had an ice cream bar and was eating the ice cream bar, wrestling pretty much one-handed while eating an ice cream sandwich.
0: That's impressive, especially considering Ezio is a strong buff dude.
1: And yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, he was very shocked by all the stuff Gunnar could do while wrestling one-handed while eating an ice cream sandwich. It kind of threw him off his game a little bit, but it was very competitive. I mean, the power of Ezio Orlandi did come into play, but at the end of the day, Gunner was able to pull out the victory, and now we get to what happened between myself and Grandpa Sea Red. Oh boy! And the world famous, fabulous Budheads. So Damian Gray and Joey Roth came out after Gunner's match and claimed that I had been following him around. Even though generally I'm just following Rocket Pro Wrestling as a fan, going to different events that they're sponsoring in the community, AEW meet and greets, like movie, like we went to a movie theater. Damian Gray happened to be there. Mm -hmm. There was the car show a few weeks ago. I mean, I was the the gun there to support Rocket Pro. Um, He just so happened to be there. Tony Gabagool, as you may have seen, brought his yearbook, as some of you might know that are listening, uh, Damian Gray, myself, Gabagool, and Double J all went to the same high school. So we were trying to get him to sign our yearbooks. I mean, so far we've been unsuccessful. Eventually, I think he'll do it. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, probably. No, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Uh, Because I read the next part of my notes. And he said, it's time for you to face the consequences of your action. And if you look at the video, I'm kind of like confused. Like, what is he talking about? And then all of a sudden he grabs, he opens up the barricade, grabs me, throws me in the ring to Joey Roth, who started holding me down, got in my face. We were nose to nose as he was telling me how many people are going to get hurt till you knock it off, whatever that means and then I looked over and I saw C-Red thrown in the ring beat down by Kevin Cade Steve and Shelly were helpless it seemed because it seemed like Kevin Cade was trying to hold them off again because I was in the ring I couldn't really see anything and because Joey was blocking my way I didn't get a chance to see what was going on so a lot of this is coming from my own perspective of in the moment Mm mm-hmm I didn't know what was going on. I was screaming. I was telling them to let them let them go. A few SOB came came out of my mouth. I'm sure I saw Shelly. I remember screaming for her to like help. And it just seemed like they were as they were beating down C-Red. I had that feeling in me like I'm going to be next. And I don't know what they're going to do. But there was that part of me that's like, I am going to not be walking out of here on my own power. And there was like a real fear that set in. But thankfully, all of a sudden, like, Joey lets me go. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I see rock star Johnny Nye, who had saved me and C red from making a bad situation worse. So thankfully, Johnny Nye ran them off with the chair. They started yelling and and Johnny and I started going for to help see red, make sure he got out of the ring. Cause he was in a bad way after that. It was very, he was having a tough time getting out of the ring after that. Um, I mean, I was held down. I'm a little, I'm okay. My neck's a little sore. I will say that. Cause Joey had me in a bit of a, like a Nelson. Mm-hmm. So my neck is still a little sore today. But I'm, again, I'm just grateful for, you know, the fans that have checked on me today. You know, the people that, you know, checked on me as I went back to my I was held back to my seat. So the support and everything has been awesome. Um, but I just I don't think this is over. I'm just all over the board emotionally today from all of that. It was a traumatic experience that no fans should ever. Ever experience at a professional wrestling show, and clearly the general manager isn't going to do anything about it. Just like when Damian Gray was shoving me into lockers because he was in the championship match, the principals and the deans wouldn't do anything about it either.
0: Seems like you got some history there with uh, Mr. Damian Gray.
1: There's a lot of history going back 10 years, so this has been a long time coming, and I never thought it would bubble over. In a place that I generally consider safe, which is weird to consider it safe, considering it's a lot of guys just getting beat up.
0: And PX, you're not a trained wrestler or anything like that or a trained athlete in any way, right?
1: No, no, I'm not trained at all. I mean, I can do sports, just not very well.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, So I have absolutely no training in professional wrestling. I'm not an athletic person at all. The only weights I'm lifting are quarter pounders. So, I mean, of course, they're going to go after me, you know, because to them, I'm easy. But thing is, I have the fans behind me. I have the LIM behind me. I have my brother behind me. I have my parents who go to all the shows now. They're behind me. They can throw as many idols as they want. And the thing is, their numbers are dwindling. So even if they threw a lot of idols, that's still not a lot of idols. They're outnumbered no matter what. I mean, wrestlers like C-Red, he's come, he's come to my aid. Maximus Orion came to my aid at the car show. Johnny Nye. I mean, it's, it's a difficult experience going through that. But I think the thing that is helping me get through that and process that all emotionally is the fact that I have so many people in my corner and it's, it's if they're listening and you, you know who you are, you know, I'm very grateful for you.
0: Hopefully there won't be any more physicality coming your way, but with the idols, you just don't know.
1: No, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping not, but at the same time, I mean, especially if you watch our latest episode of the Lovely Intoxicated Vlog, there was a bit of a confrontation after the show between uh, Double J, Danny, and myself, and Joey Roth, who, I guess, uh, the idolizers were right around the corner, ready to rub a little salt in the wound, and was just kind of hiding out in a Winnie the Pooh costume at a, an opportune time. I mean, Winnie the Pooh costume with the idolizers, weird flex, but okay, but... You know, it's definitely not over, and the guys are pissed.
0: All right, let's get on to that main event. That was after this, right? So that's,
1: so it was the build main event, but there's going to be something else, which I'll Ooh. talk about in a minute. There's a okay. little bit of a, a surprise. So the next thing we had was for the Rocket Pro Wrestling Championship. It was the Permanator Sam Beal. Versus Aaron Stone, the RPW champion. There was a bag that was under ringside, and Sam Beal thought it was a thing of thumbtacks, but it turned out it was Halloween candy. <laughs> Sam was slammed on the candy, and it, you know, this was a back and forth match, but Sam was slammed on the candy and was pinned on the candy. And Aaron Stone retains his Rocket Pro Wrestling Championship.
0: My question is for you here real quick. What kind of candy? Hopefully it was just candy corn. Something you could just throw away, right? I saw
1: Baby Ruth's. It looked like there were Butterfingers there.
0: Oh, man.
1: So all the good stuff. looked like all the good stuff. I didn't get any. I would have taken candy compensation for anyway.
0: <laughs> now, if you're going to use candy as a weapon, just use like that candy corn because, you know, not, not a lot of people like candy corn and, and in Halloween season, a lot of times people get stuck with it and all that. Just, just use it as like thumbtacks, you know, that, that would have been perfect, but to, to ruin perfectly good baby roofs and Butterfingers, man, that, that's not good.
1: I mean... And I always thought the phrase was, no one lays a finger on my Butterfinger, but at the same wow. time, I mean, apparently you can land your back on a Butterfinger.
0: I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> After that, The Undeniable came out and started beating down on Aaron Stone. Oh. Seemed to kind of lean and start helping Sam Beale, but again, but for the first time in so many years, some familiar music hit.
0: Oh, here we go.
1: And out came The Ringmaster.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And he started introducing himself to the crowd that was unfamiliar. Well, actually, before this, Maximus Orion also came out to try to help his friend Aaron Stone, but was beat down. And then that brought out the Ringmaster. But the Ringmaster introduced himself to the crowd that was unfamiliar with him. And then he decided to bring out the three rings. So out came Grin and Machine and Max Sinister. And we haven't seen them since there was another company named pro wrestling blitz mm-hmm. at St. Joe's park.
0: Absolutely. I which saw I, there. Yep.
1: Which, which I followed my brother followed. So when all three of them came out, we lost our mind. We completely lost our mind and they surrounded the ring and ringmaster had said about a, having a match with the undeniable to kind of put them in their place. Saint comes out and denies the match, says the show is over. The main event already happened, and people can start going home. But then Shelley came out and said that the owners supersede the general manager, and Shelley made the match. So Shelly vetoed Saint's decision, and we had a five-on-five five made with the three rings, Maximus Orion and Aaron Stone versus Devin August, Steve Michaels, Eric Schultz, Skylar Reed, and Sam Beal. And Machine pinned Eric Schultz for the win. And that was Rocket Pro Wrestling Darkness Falls.
0: Yeah, the three rings were kind of uh, making some veiled references to showing up. So I guess they did. That's pretty damn cool. Mm -hmm.
1: And it was like, I mean, we've we've seen the posts. And it seemed like the Rocket Pro Wrestling page was hacked. And the, the three rings were sending messages to... Us through there to say they're they're coming and the anticipation was building. I mean, Rocker Pro fans and friends that I have there were starting to get excited, especially the ones that you know were there for Blitz. The LIM group chat was blowing up because a lot of us were around when the three rings were running blitz. So people were very, very excited. Lots of holy shit chants. lots of excitement the crowd loved it.
0: Yeah, Blitz is going back a little bit. Before I got into Winnie City Slam, that was my home independent promotion, you mm-hmm. know, Joliet area, and they ran Joliet. And so many good times there. You Guys like Shogun and Marche Rocket and Vic Capri, Hardcore Craig and Thomas, Tomaselli, and the three rings. I mean, great wrestling action. And I just love the hell out of Blitz. They brought a celebrity in pretty much every month. I actually met Bobby the Brain Heenan at St. Joe's park many years ago before he passed. And that was a really cool moment, a bucket list moment for me. And the memories of blitz kind of now bleeding over into rocket bow Really, really cool.
1: And it's, it's definitely exciting to see that all. And I was actually at that show and met Bobby the brain as well. And that's something that I'll always remember.
0: And next up for rock for wrestling is Harvest Havoc with that big triple threat rocket to the top briefcase ladder match. And like I said, I'm all in on Gunner Brave on that one.
1: It's gonna be definitely a it's gonna be interesting match. It's it's one where I mean I'm whole, I'm wanting Gunner to win. I'm thinking he's gonna pull it out in the end. But at the same time, what do the undeniable have up their sleeves? What do they? how are they going to try to get control? Because remember, all last season, everything Damian St. was doing was to try to make sure that Aaron Stone didn't have the Rocket Pro Wrestling Championship. So if the briefcase is in their possession, as they had it held hostage by the Ryan Matthews last year when Aaron Stone had the briefcase, how is the undeniable aspect of the conversation how is that going to come into play
0: i won't put anything past amy Saint say and the undeniable and there's a small part of me that can see a guy like eric schultz sneak out of there with the briefcase as well but again i'm gonna go with Gunner. <laughs> 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 all right let's get to some other things with px here So take me into a little bit how the lovely intoxicated men were formed. And then now your interaction with some of these other groups at Rocket Pro Wrestling. Cliff's Notes version, please. Sure.
1: So, you know, I mentioned a lot of us started out at Pro Wrestling Blitz. A friend of mine, his brothers had a fan group called the Drunk Swag Crew. So a lot of what we do is, is inspired by that, you know, Blitz closed. They started families. They stopped going to matches and stuff when rocket pro was starting and then we started going to matches it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic then it shut everything down i mean we were following stuff on youtube you know best in the midwest tournament that they held in the summer then the shows came back darkness falls 2021 uh we made sure to be there for that and that's when grin returned uh we were getting into it you know we were noticing that all the Funny stuff we were saying, people were gravitating towards that. People started laughing. I'm like, okay, we kind of, I think we got something here. And it was actually a Gunner Brave match where he dove from, we were sitting in the Rocket Boy section, kind of a weird, uh a weird time for the LIM where we are sitting in the Rocket Boy section where Gunner dove out of from the top of the ring post into the crowd. And uh, this is awesome start, uh, chant started. And a couple of days later, the footage of it went online and someone had asked Gunner who started it. And they say there were some lovely intoxicated men around him. And I looked at the guys. I'm like, that's our name. So, you know, we started telling more people like, because rocket pro, as far as like their stories and their, you know, match quality, their talent, their production value, it's second to none. It's a really great promotion in my opinion, the best promotion running in the Chicagoland area. Now we started telling people more people about it. More people, you know, started coming to the matches, started being as rowdy as us. And then get a call from uh, one Chet Gunderson, uh, who had said that with Joey and Brian of No Coast having a falling out, he needed two guys to help bring stuff to the kids. And so we turned to the LIM for that. And of course, we took the opportunity to do so. And, you know, we started our fan page, you know, earlier on in that summer. And that started taking off around that time. We were posting, you know, funny content, making content, kind of talking about the matches. I think really the big thing is like, we don't want to like make it about ourselves. That's the biggest thing we have our characters and and stuff like that, that we do, but it's, it's supplemental because, you know, I think in my mind and talking to a couple others, like it within rocket pro had said about coming up with characters and stuff and what are they like and all of this. And it's like, okay, that's how we can establish that connection with fans to say, Oh, I know who PX is. Oh, there's Tony Gabagool. Oh, that's Danny and Slick Nick and Double J and like not being just like being recognizable and having that connection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've had a great time. We were looking for Chet last year. We were able to find him, thankfully, and helped Rocket Pro get the ransom of Mountain Dew to get him back in the safe hands of the L.I.M., and a little bit of comeuppance for Brian and Joey for kidnapping him in the first place. Started Let Steve Sit movement when Damien made Steve stand. That really took off and people got behind that because end of the day, we want Steve to sit. I mean, it's hard to do that job for three hours standing up. Your feet get tired. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do that to support him. Right now, we're doing something similar with Turtle because Turtle's been fired by Rocket Pro and we felt it was unjust. So we have the Justice for Turtle movement going on right now. We're now going back and forth with the Idols. Wherever that leads is remains a mystery. I'm certain it's not over and I'm certain there's still a lot of tension. There's definitely a lot of tension. But, I mean, regardless, it has been... The time of my life, I'm having the most fun that I've ever had in my entire life.
0: So, there's the Rocket Boys, and who you know, he very colorful language sometimes. And then now you have the newest group, the Fabulous Idolizers, right? Yeah,
1: so the Rocket Boys that's the thing, one unique thing about Rocket Pro Wrestling is there are fan stables. There's the Rocket Boys who you know, they came before us, we have to. Acknowledged that. And then we kind of came around. And then during fan access at Fall Brawl, a girl named Nani decided to throw her hat in the Rowdiest Fan Group ring and said that the Fabulous Idolizers were going to start taking over Rocket Pro Wrestling. She's definitely a character. I will say the content, I will give her this, the content that she puts out, is incredibly entertaining and she's very very creative like white girl wasted supporting no coast i would say i think she's supporting the wrong group but you know to each their own mm-hmm. everybody at the end of the day we may have our different viewpoints on the wrestlers we like we may have our different viewpoints on the wrestlers we don't like we may have differences in opinions but at the uh, at the same time we're all wrestling fans and to have that unique fan culture where we can have that and support our favorite guys and boo the people we don't like and you know kind of compete for who can be rowdier than the other that is so special you know to have that and there's not a lot of promotions with that kind of fan culture it's incredibly unique to rocket pro And it's something that that's, that's one of the things I really love about rocket pro is that band culture.
0: Really cool. That fan interaction, you know, the wrestlers interacting with the fans before, during, and after the show, it's really kind of brings people closer. And I think it's a big factor in those 11 in a row SRO sellouts over at St. Joe's park.
1: I mean, the biggest thing in wrestling is, is, you know, having that connection with the fans. You know, if you don't have that connection with the fans and you're not getting a reaction at all and no one knows what to do when you come out, that that sucks. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're getting a reaction when you when you hear the crowd reacting to something, cheering, booing, otherwise, saying their opinion, that's what it's all about. And I know I don't wrestle, obviously. You know, I've kind of I've learned a lot. Cause I do help out with setups. I am staff at rocket pro as well as a fan. So I help, you know, Shelly with, with ushering. Um, I do help bill Shelly with setups and stuff on there before the shows, helping out last minute stuff, whatever's needed. So it's allowed me to have an opportunity to connect, not just with like other rocket pro staff, but also wrestlers. And I've learned a lot from different wrestlers, And just listening to their insight and like listening to veterans and, and stuff like that, that's, it's been great to learn more because it's like, if you're, unless you're in the business, you really don't know Mm -hmm. what exactly goes on. I don't know everything and I'm not claiming I know everything, but I will say as someone who is trying to get a little further into the business. What that role looks like for me, I'm I'm not exactly sure yet. I'm still kind of testing the waters, but I do have a couple things I'm interested in. I couldn't wrestle. I don't think I would go as a full time wrestler, mm-hmm. um, just because of because I know the toll it takes, and I don't think my body could handle that full time. But like managing, commentary, announcing, that kind of thing you know, maybe down the road booking. I mean, those are the kinds of things that I'm interested in, like things where I can be creative and do things that put something over or like gets a reaction for myself to get someone else over.
0: So who would have thought that the lovely intoxicated men thing would actually turn into a little bit of an internship for you?
1: <laughs> In a way, you know, I've never heard it put like that, but honestly, that's pretty accurate, I would say. it is. It, it it's, And it's been a wonderful learning experience. I mean, like, I will say working with Bill on lights, you don't really think of, you know, what goes into that until you start doing it. So now I know the one thing that I do notice when I go to other wrestling shows is their production because I've spent so much time with Bill setting up production, seeing how other companies do things differently. You know what they have that W doesn't what RPW has that other promotions don't and get a new appreciation for that side of the business. And, you know, especially like talking to, wrestlers and wrestling personalities and like getting to do things like podcasts. So I am a co-host on just Freakin wrestling with Travis T and the amazing turtle, as well as on power hour with Steve Aaron, Rian skills, C red and Rachel. And then hearing their stories, getting to hear, you know, behind the scenes stuff and like kind of getting an idea of what exactly the business looks like from that angle, like what exact what the hell I'm exactly getting myself into here. It's been so valuable to, you know, have those outside experiences as well to learn more about a business that I'm incredibly passionate about.
0: And you just mentioned the podcast that you're doing. You're, you're getting out there. You also get out to some other wrestling promotions on occasion too. And we talked about a couple of, in particular before we went on the air. Ileana Pro Wrestling, a.k.a. IPW, and the Super Wrestlers Organization, which is really a lot of fun. So talk to people a little bit first about IPW and what they bring to the table.
1: So IPW is a promotion that I've been following for since about March. The one thing that they do have that is unique is... Guest host. So, if you remember, like Monday Night Raw in the early twenty tens, where they yep. had the guest host coming in, it's very similar to that. So, I mean, Jay, the first show we went to, Travis T and Nubby were hosting. There was a show c Red hosted, the Workhorses hosted a show, Damian Gray's hosted a show. The lovely Miss Larkin hosted the last show in yep. in September, which was very interesting because I haven't seen her before. And I followed her work um, in other places, just like watching videos online. And she's incredibly talented. I think she's got tools to uh, get signed by a major company. Um, so to get to see her live was a lot of fun, but it is a place I I would say where it's, Where people who are, are like, not newer to the business, but, like, are honing their craft Mm -hmm. to get to try stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, those shows are a lot of fun. Rian is uh, the information liaison. So when he comes in and does his informational liaisoning, you know, I always have to make sure I root for Tony Gabagool's childhood hero when he goes into the ring. But it's it's definitely a it's a it's they they usually do them on Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. so you go to a wrestling show at like two in the afternoon and you're out at five, and it's a great time. It's a family show. It's again at the VFW in Richmond Park, and it's that is the promotion I go to second often, just like Rocket Pro. Mm-hmm. But I really do enjoy IPW shows a lot. They are, and it's good to see you know. Hot Rod Daddy Andy's there, so I get to see him there. get to see C-Red and Damian Gray. uh, Quinn Wittick's been there quite a bit. One guy that I would say that I've seen that I have been the most impressed with is Kid Lat, who is a league student, 18 years old, college student, and he's wrestling and doing things that are just that blow my mind. He had a great series of matches with EJ Swanson over the past few months, uh, over the junior heavyweight championship. And I mean, that kid is special. That kid, no pun intended. He has so much potential.
0: And then there's super wrestlers, and there's a lot of people that I really like and really friendly with that work with them. Billy Wack, obviously, the legendary Billy Wack goes way back to the Lunatic Wrestling Federation in the 90s. And then guys like Ryan Cross, a.k.a. The king of Cross at Ryor, Jordan Cross, and Shogun, too. I mean, it's it's a fun show, all these different characters and kind of goofy little gimmicks going on. So you've had some personal experience watching some of their shows. So go ahead and tell me what they're like in your eyes.
1: Super Wrestlers is an experience. Unlike IPW and Rocket Pro, it is not a it is definitely an R-rated wrestling show. I mean, there was a dildo involved in one of the matches last time. Definitely uh, NSFK. But it's, that is, that, I've gone to both of the shows that Billy Wack has done there. And seeing a lot of those guys wrestle and all these different characters that, you know, you've never seen before. You don't see them anywhere else but Super Wrestlers doing just the most insane stuff. It's incredibly entertaining. It's just like, I mean, there was a porch pirate, a guy that steals stuff from porches. <laughs> there's a, a moose with, uh, Elopecia, as hot rod. Daddy Andy pointed out in the audience. <laughs> um, there is, I mean, there's Shogun with his, the mysterious, uh, issues that he's had with his hands. There's a robot referee you can't touch. There's a dog who sounds like the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. There's Ryor who's now feuding with his brother Rydal. There is Nolan the effing wizard. Yeah. And, I mean, just the crazy things that you you see there that you don't see anywhere else. I mean... That's a show I can't wait to go to and I'm going to try to go to it in December because it's it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, their next show is December the 10th at the Concord Music Hall in Chicago. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, we've been on for quite a while. We've been going at it. So I think we're going to start winding it down. And what I usually do at the very end is go ahead and let you promote your social media. If you have any merchandise or if that's a possibility at some point and whatever upcoming event you're going to be at. So
1: we don't have any merchandise, but there there's, you know, we always are talking about it, but you know, I guess stay tuned. Yep. It could happen. But but it's something we always do talk about. But as far as following the lovely intoxicated men, you can follow us on our Facebook page. You can follow us at we underscore R underscore the underscore L I M. We are on, I don't think we can call it Twitter anymore. I think it's called X now. We are mm-hmm. on X. We are on TikTok. We are pretty much everywhere. I we're on threads. I think threads is still a thing. It is. I, I I forget it's a thing every now and again <laughs> but most of our social media is we underscore r underscore the underscore l-i-m I mean you can follow me on my Instagram at hey underscore it's p-x or insta pacman if you want to go inside the mind of uh, myself and figure out what the hell all the weird random pictures are about if you want to have that side of it you can, you can go to that one as far as shows, we'll be at Harvest Havoc, we'll be, I'll be at IPW, in the crowd, obviously. But you're definitely going to want to make sure that you check out a lot of the local wrestling if you aren't already doing so. There are so much talent out there. There's so many great minds out there for this business shaping this wrestling community and making it one of the best in the country. So like I can definitely attest to, you know, the talent of the wrestling students that I've seen, the students from other schools, the wrestlers, the veterans uh, that have been doing it forever. There is so much talent on this scene and, you know, to them for everything that they do for the business, for the community, for for the fans, you know, thank you because wrestling has been for me when I'm down, that's been my escape from the real world where I don't have to be Pat Ackerman and I can be PX for a few hours and enjoy myself and forget about what's going on and worrying about the rest of that stuff later. So thank you for all you do.
0: Yeah. X, thank you so much for coming on. Windy city slam. So glad to have you on for a full fledged show this time.
1: Not a problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Always great to talk to PX, Pat Ackerman. He really gives us some detailed reports on Rocky Pro Wrestling, some great recaps from the Joliet-based promotion. Really, really fun talking to Pat. And he seems to have a really keen eye to learning some inside stuff, too, in the business. And he's a cool dude, and we're so happy to have him as a contributor to Windy City Slam podcast, in addition to some of the other work that he does outside of Windy City Slam. All right, next week we're going to recap local and national events and preview upcoming action from Freelance and A.A.W. Plus, we're going to welcome a special guest yet to be determined. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.